Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen. And bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. It's been hard. You know, I have friends who haven't done anything like the whole time, which I'm not shaming them in any way. You know, it's just it's especially hard with comedy because, you know, I, I need to go experience life a little bit, hang out with people, try to observe things. But I'm not able to do that right now. Today we hear from Whitmer Thomas, a Gulf Shores native working as a stand-up comedian, musician, and actor, now based in Los Angeles. His HBO special, The Golden One, which premiered in January, is a deeply personal hour that's equal parts stand-up comedy, documentary film, and original musical, performed at the famed Flora Bama Bar in Perdido Key. I was in a relationship for a while, it didn't work out, not sure why. Her two favorite things to do are dance and cocaine, and my two favorite things to do are feel left out and judge. His late mother, Jenny Thomas, was a musician who regularly performed at the venue. The Golden One mixes documentary footage as Whitmer reunites with his long-estranged relatives, including his father and his mom's twin sister. In April, he released a companion album called Songs from the Golden One. He's also an actor who appeared on shows like The Walking Dead and in the independent film Sword of Trust, also filmed in Alabama. He was recently a guest on the WTF with Mark Marin podcast. So yeah, things are looking up for Whitmer Thomas. So what exactly does this have to do with the whole coronavirus pandemic? Well, about a week into isolation, when the virus began to spread in the United States, Thomas released a new music video that, well, went viral. The song is called Big Baby. It's a three and a half minute track with a pulsing bass line and is about what it's like to be a big baby. And Thomas appears filmed using the baby filter on Snapchat. It is deeply silly, but the song is also very catchy and it racked up thousands of retweets and likes on Twitter during an uncertain time where artists might struggle to stay creative and have success while doing it. This was my introduction to Whitmer Thomas, and when I found out that he was from Alabama and recently released an HBO special, I had to learn more about his relationship with his home state, the most Alabamian and southern aspects about his work, and what inspired him to create something so ridiculous and wonderful like Big Baby during the coronavirus crisis. wanted to start out saying congrats on the golden one and songs from the golden one and the first thing i want to ask you about though is big baby i want to know as much as you're willing to tell me about the creation of big baby like what was the timeline on that where and how did you record it and was it made during isolation yeah it was um 
my friend Rory Scoville, um, he challenged me to some online challenge where you have to make a video and post it while in quarantine. And I, you know, so I just made that song as a, as a goof. Um, it took about an hour to make the song. I recorded it in my bedroom and, and then I, the next, and I listened to it, I was like, this is actually kind of a good song. And then, so I got my roommate to film me with the AB filter from Snapchat on. And I, I just edited it to be like a little music video and then posted it on Twitter. And then I didn't realize like, so I feel like more people know me from that now, which is fine. I'll take whatever I can get. But it was, um, it was just kind of like a really big surprise. Um, yeah. I, I really truly love it. And I'll share this with you. It helped me personally during the first couple of weeks of isolation when we obviously didn't really know what we were dealing with. I mean, just honestly the absurdity of it, but also that the song is so good, like you said, and you've retweeted some people who filmed videos of their kids singing the song in their homes. And the same is true for me. My, my four-year-old daughter loves it too. And, and she asked me to play it every other day. It seems I, I know that you never can tell how or with whom art is going to connect, but what do you think of how the song has seemed to reach very young people that way? I love it. I, you know, I've got a four-year-old nephew and I just, a lot of the, the, those things that I say, like slappy do and hunky chunky and all that stuff is like, those are little things that I always will say to him. I call him little flappy. So that's the number one audience. <laughs> I feel like maybe I should, I've tried to think of other songs that maybe little kids might like, but nothing's coming. So, you know, but I, I um, will gladly play Big Baby for children until they tell me to stop. <laughs> and I love seeing all the videos of like little kids singing the song. It's so cool. It really is great. And, and congrats on doing the Mark Marin podcast. I listened to it last week. Really, really good conversation. You guys were in the movie Sort of Trust together, filmed here in Alabama, and you two sort of go into this history that you guys share many years before that, which was unexpected on the podcast. Y'all covered a lot of ground, but one thing that stuck out to me is creativity during isolation, like you just got done talking about. And you sounded optimistic that great art could emerge from this whole thing. Have you felt that jolt of creativity lately? whether it's comedy or music, like how is it manifesting for you right now, if at all? Well, at first I did the first week or two, I did that podcast. We recorded it like a couple days into, uh, it was still like way early on the lockdown thing. And I was feeling really creative for the first couple of weeks. And then honestly, I started to kind of, once I finished up a bunch of work and projects that I had been working on and needed to finish, I, I was like, oh shit, I don't know what to work on or do. And had, was feeling very uninspired for a while. But in the last little bit, I started to, um, like a couple weeks ago, I guess, maybe a week and a half ago, I started to kind of revisit old music and old jokes that I had written years ago. Like today, I've been working on a song that I wrote when I was 25, which was seven years ago. So, you know, like I've been... um then going back and listening to old stuff, reading old stuff and trying to give my today current spin on it. That's, that's been a good creative boost. It's been hard. 
you know, I have friends who haven't done anything like the whole time, which I can't, I'm not shaming them in any way. You know, it's just, it's especially hard with comedy because, you know, I, I need to go experience life a little bit, hang out with people, try to observe things, but I'm not able to do that right now. So I try to just find inspiration from the past <laughs> is what I've been trying to do. But who knows how well that'll work. All I know is that I made Big Baby in, in the quarantine, and that has have been great for me. So I'm happy to at least come out with one thing. Yeah, and if you're drawing from the past, I mean, it obviously worked with the Golden One very well, and I think people are going to find it to be pretty nourishing to watch and reflective. And you've, you've talked about how there are a lot of things to rebel against in the South, and you found that to be true while you, you obviously were coming of age. Have you let Alabama into your work? There's obviously a lot of, like, low-hanging fruit down here, but... You know the place and people so well. I mean, you talked you talked about like swamp people during the Mark Marin podcast. Like, and and there's a lot of references in the Golden One. I'm inclined to pick your Milo's sweet tea reference, but what would you say is the most Alabama aspect of your comedy? Everything, no matter what, I'm always a Southerner in the big city. It's all I'm. I'm such an Alabamian, a weirdo Alabamian, though. You know. I had a really weird life, maybe not so traditional, but where, you know, Gulf Shores, I, I'd say it's pretty traditional. So as far as like the most Alabamian thing about me is just, you know, I'd say it might be the darkness. It's like where I grew up, at least in Gulf Shores, you know, like people were really comfortable talking about death and making jokes about it. A lot of people, a lot of people knew people who had died or had siblings or parents or, you know, close relatives or, or friends who had passed away. So I kind of just grew up in Alabama, like talking really openly about that kind of shit and, and, and making jokes about it and, and grieving that way, you know, like with humor. And then when I moved to California, I realized that a lot of people in California felt, even though they live in this big city in LA, you know, like felt somehow more sheltered than, than I ever was as a kid. So I, I guess the most Alabamian thing about me is, is just being kind of not shying away from that darkness. But at the same time, you know, I know people from Alabama, like other parts of Alabama who it, it makes them feel really uncomfortable. So maybe that's the most like coastal thing about me. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't know. Everything I do, everything I write always has some reference or feeling, some memory of, of Alabama. And I always think of, you know, I love where I'm from so much. And, like, something that I really find in, in Hollywood is people treat the South like a genre, which isn't the case. Like, Southern isn't a genre. It's like everything takes place in California or New York, but... New York is not a genre of film or television show or, or whatever, but there's something about the South where people still have a difficult time understanding that there's cool people there, like really cool people who have really good taste. So that's my goal, I guess, with my work is to kind of represent Alabama in a way that is not a stereotype. There's no way for them to kind of, you know, like making things where, Alabamian characters have all their teeth or whatever is, is something that I, I do care about and hope to 
to one day. You've said that for you, it can be more difficult coming up with jokes than it is writing songs and that you never really knew where you belonged as a comedian. And I, I like the story that uh, you told about finding your path as a songwriter where you'd written an album of what you called sincere songs, but you were later embarrassed by it and you retooled it to sort of find the comedy and the lyrics and you went from there. But as a comedian who writes songs, do you feel pressured or I guess like obligated to try to make every song that you write funny or do you still sort of have that itch to be fully sincere? It seems like you've found a pretty comfortable balance. Yeah, you know, I um, I will always approach everything sincerely first and then try to go back and mine it a little bit for the funny stuff and, and try to exaggerate it and amplify it. I really wish that I could just feel comfortable singing songs that are like purely a joke, like a full-on joke song. I think there's something about my personality to where it doesn't sync up right. I, I feel like there always needs to be a, a, an honest hook for it. Like, And the other part is I really do love writing music and lyrics, and I think that probably does come a little bit more naturally to me than writing jokes. And it's really hard for me to write jokes. It takes a really long time. So I think, you know, like, I hope that people will be chill with me, you know, one day coming out with an album where there's just like five really sincere songs and then five more comedic songs. It's it's difficult right now because with the golden one, it's it's hard because that, that is a, a lot of those bits are about a specific thing or it's like all of my work that I've been working on since I was a comedian is in that, or at least a lot of it is, you know. So now the next, the sophomore thing will, it's all brand new stuff. And I already can predict people saying about my new shit that it's either like too silly and, uh, or too sincere. So I'm trying to, I think I'll always have a hard time figuring out how to tow that line. And, and I think hopefully as long as I am like um, publicly struggling <laughs> with it and making, making fun of myself about telling that line, then I'll be able to get away with it. But really who knows? Like, I think my dream would be, you know, that how Adam Sandler can sing like some ridiculous song about um, with just all these really funny jokes and and then also have like his Chris Farley song, you know, like or his um, Grow Old With You song or, or whatever it is. I hope I'm able to get there one day. But also, you know, all the music that I love is so lyrical and, you know, growing up listening to like pop punk and you know, emo and hardcore music. It's all about these like dark kind of lyrics. So I, I just like writing that kind of style. So, and then, but also I did Big Baby, which is a bunch of fucking nonsense. So, <laughs> you know, like my dream is sincere songs, songs with good jokes, and then absolute nonsense songs with a good bass groove. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you you accomplished it with the golden one. I mean, I, like I said, I think that there's a pretty great balance there. My last thing for you, you did speak to this a little bit earlier, but I'm just curious about your relationship with Alabama right now. Like, how often do you come back to see family and visit where you grew up? Or are there places outside of Gulf Shores that you like to visit? I love Birmingham and I love Tuscaloosa. I, I, I just, I love Alabama all over the place, you know? I just love it. My, my favorite place is Gulf Shores. That's where I'm from. But I really have a lot of faith in like 
I just think the people from there are the best, and especially now with all of, you know, I feel like Birmingham is going to be the next Austin, Texas, with all the film stuff going on down there, all the kids. I'm just thinking about, like, being a little kid, being a teenager, and hearing that they're making some independent, like the sort of trust movie that I was in, like some independent movie with some cool comedians like Jillian Bell from Workaholics or, or Mark Maron, you know, hearing that that's being made five hours away. And if I wanted to, I could go figure out how to be a PA or like an intern on it. I would do it, you know? And so, and all that seeing that is the best part. I've shot three movies in Alabama now. And like the best part about it is seeing like 18 year olds who are on summer break trying to figure out if they want to go to college or not, you know? And they're like PAing on a movie. And I'm like, whoa, what if this is the movie that these people work, they work on this and then they decide to go be a screenwriter or whatever it is, you know, or an actor or something. Just so, I think it's so cool that's going on now. And Alabama's finally getting like the love that it really deserves. And yeah, as far as like places to go and stuff and how often I, I go back on, I think it'll be more and more now. I've always been so poor, like financially just completely broke. And it's really expensive to fly to Pensacola, which is the closest airport to where I'm from. It's even expensive to fly to Birmingham. It's like cheaper to just go to New Orleans and drive. But um, now that I have a little bit more of a career, I can afford to go back more. And um, my brother just moved permanently down to um, Lillian, Alabama with, with his family so he used to live in Carpentria so I'll be going back a lot more now you know visiting also now you know like me and my aunt have gotten close which we haven't been for a really long time so I just have a lot more family down there my dad's always been down there but I'll be going back you know I usually go back like once a year but now probably a few times a year once this is all over and my dream is to like open a club down in Gulf Shores or Orange Beach somewhere that attracts kind of weirdos to come through. Birmingham has like places like that, but I just love that place. I love Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to ramble. Thank you for the time. I think you're a really talented guy and I love the work you've done so far. It's it's brought a lot of joy to me and my family during this weird time and I just can't wait to see what you do next and wish you luck. Thanks so much, pal. I really appreciate doing this. You can now stream The Golden One on HBO, and Songs from The Golden One is available wherever you buy music. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.